What's up, gamers, and welcome to Lost at Sea Gaming. I am Hulking Yoda, the captain of this ship, the SS Gamer. And in this episode, we are going in between the levels on the Hitman franchise. But this time, I'm not going by myself. I actually have a very special guest, the Graveyard Gamer from Graveyard Gaming, right here, the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, wherever you can find your podcast. He's there. He's with me. And we're about to double team this franchise and our love for it. So grab your red tie and a pair of silver ballers and let's do this. Good afternoon, 47. All right. So we are here to talk about Hitman, Hulking Yoda. I got to ask you, but before you start any mission, it takes you to that loadout screen. What are your go-to items? Well, man, I got to tell you, for me, it's some of the what I consider Hitman staples. And that would be the good old classic fiber wire and, of course, a, a distraction tool, which is that classic coin. Now, do you use the regular coin or do you use the one in the, like, you know, like you can unlock like the ultra sounding or outstanding sounding coin or does it even matter? No, I mean, for me, it really doesn't matter. It's just as long as I have that coin in there, you know, just I, I like to set myself up for those distraction tactics uh, right from the get go. So I don't have to search out the map to try to find anything. You know, it's just right there, ready to go, start luring these guards and to the bushes or wherever it is I need them to go. So I'll be honest, I'm very similar in the sense that I do go with something classic. Like I go with the silver baller, which how crazy is it that in the new trilogy, there's no dual wielding silver ballers because that was a staple for so many years. But the other yeah. thing, and you know what I'm going to go with is that lock pick. Cause I recommend oh, that. Man. to you every time. I mean, you don't want to look for distractions. I don't want to look for keys. So I will use right. that lock pick every single time. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, especially more recently, as you know, come back to bite me in the butt. Times, man, uh, got to a couple of hairy situations where, ah, why did I not choose the lockpick and the loadout? But ah, such is life. Well, let me ask you this question. Let's go ahead and let's jump into the games. Now, you and I both, we've talked about it many times, we have never played Code, man, Code Name 47. That is the original Hitman game, came out in 2000. It was a computer-only game, and just for listeners out there so they know, most of those missions were actually incorporated into Hitman Contracts. Contracts is kind of a loose remake. So outside of that game, I believe you and I both started with the first, what I would consider commercial success and commercial game in the series with Hitman 2 Silent Assassins. Am I correct in that? You are 100% correct. Well, I got to ask you, what got you into the series? What was the first thing that made you say, I got to try this game out? Well, to be honest, uh, for me, really, I just kind of seen some previews and magazines and whatnot, you know, back in the day of uh, print publications. And I had seen some previews on Hitman 2 Silent Assassin, thought it looked pretty cool, figured I want to check it out. And also back in the days of print magazines, the PlayStation magazine, you would get a demo disc. And it happened to be that one month there was Hitman 2 Silent Assassin. So I said, you know what, I'm going to check this out, man. And, you know, between the different locations and uh, different things that were uh, available to me in that demo, I, I figured that I enjoyed it enough to actually try out the full game. So that's, that's really what drew me in is just that uh, I've I got to be honest, the character model of Agent 47, he's always looked really cool. So there was that aspect, too. But it was really that demo, man, that kind of drew me in in those previews in the early days. How about well, yourself? Well, for me, it was the trailer. I remember seeing the trailer. I had no idea what Hitman was, and I think we're both going to talk about figuring out how to play Hitman. But it just looked cool. It looked awesome. Like you said, Agent 47, that ball head, that barcode, that suit. <laughs> it just, it was awesome, right? The red but I gotta tie. Ask you, the tie, yes. But here's the question I got to ask you. That, that trailer, because I'm, I'm sorry, the demo. Right. What? Do you remember the demo at all? Like what levels were on there? If you, I mean, I know we're going like almost 20 years ago. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Putting our age out there like that. But anyways, yeah. Um, yeah. If I remember correctly, the demo, it was very much uh, involved uh, a sniper centric mission. That's really all I can remember, man, is I remember, I don't know if it was a vineyard or if I'm confusing that with one of the opening levels of, a uh, different hitman, but bottom line is I just remember I had something to do and this target that I was trying to get at, uh, I was sniping the target. That's all I remember. 
Oh, I can honestly tell you the only thing I remember about the trailer is the opera music and Agent 47 escaping on a boat somewhere. I, mm. That's all I remember all Classic these years later. 47. It was enough to make me play the game, though. All right, so here's the deal. You get Hitman, you get home, you put it in PlayStation or Xbox, whichever one you went with. What was your thoughts? First impression at the gate. So first impressions of the first real uh, time that I put into a Hitman game, it would have been Contracts. And I got to tell you, man, uh, that was in the original Xbox. And, uh, you know, for me, it was it was not necessarily a positive impression. Um I really was not understanding in that moment of how to play Hitman, if you know what I'm saying. And I, to be honest, because of that, I didn't play too far into contracts. I, I really only remember the beginning of the mission where you're in kind of a snowy mountainous area. There's a, a certain log cabin or household that you got to sneak into. And I just didn't understand the whole concept yet uh, behind disguises and, and the different way you approach the missions in Hitman. So that was kind of my first immediate experience with a full-on game. Well, man, I got to know, how was the first experience in a Hitman game for the Graveyard Gamer? So I get home. I've got the game. And I'm thinking it's like a regular third-person shooter. You know, you go Ooh. through the first level. It's kind of a little bit more of an action game. Then you get to the second level, and that is like full-on, like, a mafioso house. You have to get into the house. You know, you have to play Hitman, bro. I try to take the guards out, dude. They destroy me. I try mm. to go into anything I can, and it's, it's just I'm shut down over and over again. Eventually, I'm talking 45 minutes of doing this, and I'm ready to give Ooh. up. I realize, wait a minute, there's this gardener dude. If I take him out, I can sneak by. Well, when I take him out, that's when it gives me the option to change into his disguise, and I'm like, what? What is this? I change into his disguise. Next thing you know, man, I am in the grounds. And then it's just from there, it's exploring. I'm finding different weapons to use. I'm realizing, oh, I got to track this guy down. I got to watch out who can see me. Bro, it was like a whole new world. I absolutely fell in love at that point. And I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, if it had taken me, I'll say, 47 minutes to get into this, Oops. I would have been done. I would not have continued. But thankfully, 45 minutes into the game, I figured it out, and I loved it from then on. I loved Silent Assassin. I had a different experience than you with Contracts because Contracts came out. I played through the first couple of missions. I remember loving the Meat King, but I got to one of the other missions where you're in Soviet, the Soviet Union and you have to go blow up a submarine. I, I gave up, man. I just got really bored, frustrated with it, and I put Contracts down for years, man. But that brings me to the next game in the series, because this is a game that I think you and I know so, so well. Hulking Yoda, tell me about Blood Money. Oh, man, dude, Blood Money. Uh, so Blood Money has a, an amazingly huge space carved out in my heart uh, when it comes to the Hitman franchise. Because, you know, as I said, I, I struggled a little bit with contracts, never saw it through to the end. And going into Blood Money, it just I feel like it was the right timing for me because it was right after the launch of the 360. 360 had just launched in November of 05, and then here we go into the first half of 06. You have this 360 version with better-looking graphics, which if you remember the previews, everything was amazing. They were really showcasing the Mardi Gras mission where there was all the people around, and it just looked really, really cool. And, of course, uh, of the what's that? It's called Murder of the Crows, man. Murder That's an outstanding level. Oh, yeah. And the, the cool thing is, is for me at least, Blood Money, the marketing, is where the Ave Maria song really became to become synonymous for me with the Hitman games. It was just something about the marketing. And then when you go into that game, I open myself up to it. You know, contracts, I approached it kind of like what you said you did initially as a run-and-gun third-person shooter. But it's amazing to me, once you grasp that concept, and once I grasped the concept of the disguise and how much that impacts the gameplay and the entirety of your Hitman experience, every mission, every time, every game, from then on, man, every single mission of Blood Money was just an absolute beautiful piece of gameplay and experience for me going forward. And in my opinion, it has some of the best missions in the whole series, and some of the best experiences and memories are coming from, honestly, you and I, man, back in the day, talking about 
uh, you know, talking over Xbox Live and different things. It just there's a lot tied into into Blood Money, man. Uh, the story was great. Um, oh man, I, I, what, what are your thoughts, man? I gotta we gotta see, hear what the Graveyard Gamer thinks about Blood Money. Oh man, I mean, I go back to <laughs> so I remember I was supposed to be taking a morning class, and I take the class. I gotta go to work after, and I swing by good old Blockbuster where me and you work, and I pick the game up and. I remember going to work and, you know, I was a firefighter. I had time at night to play. And I just remember like playing that first level. And I think you were like in a, a vineyard or, or something like that, man. I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering. And I just remember going, dude, this is amazing. And then the biggest thing I remember about like the experience of playing it, because there's some, there are some absolutely outstanding levels, but the biggest thing I remember is me and you, it was a very friendly competition, but it was who was going to get a thousand points in that game. And neither one of us succeeded in it. I got burned out trying to get the the final 100 points for the professional assassins. I think there was one other one that you would miss, and then we both missed the uh, – what was it? The uh, getting all the weapons. But, dude, I just – oh, Do you by chance remember – do you by chance remember which mission or missions it was or were that you and I could not get pre- – uh, just to let you listeners know, if you haven't played Hitman or don't fully – Professional difficulty is is pretty intense. Um, so to get a silent assassin rating on professional difficulty is a big deal. Do you remember which mission or missions they were? That we could get or could not? That we couldn't. Um, man, I'm trying to think. I know we did pretty well with the first few. Like, I think right. you had to get five. And I think you and I, within the first, like, six or seven missions, we were able to get five in that. But I remember was it the uh, the one on the boat, man? You know, the one on the Mississippi, you're on the boat, you got to track the guy down. I figured either that one or the one where you go to the redneck wedding, one of those we could and one of them we just could not. Neither one. And we were sharing secrets and sharing different, you know, uh, tactics. But there was one of those that was a relatively easy mission to complete. But to get Silent Assassin on Professional was a nightmare for whatever reason. I can't remember which one, though. I feel like the more you're talking about it, my memory is starting to get reinvigorated here. I feel like, man, for me at least, I think it was that boat level uh, yeah. on the Mississippi. I, I don't remember. I remember certain details about the mission, but I, I don't know. For whatever reason, my mind's telling me, oh, I think it might be the Mississippi. I replayed Blood Money in 2020, and I was able to get Silent Assassin on that level, but it, it's difficult. And I was playing on normal, so I can imagine going up. But I got to ask you this question about Blood Money. Did you ever find the Easter egg? Because I found this years later. This was after me and you played through it. Did you ever find the Easter egg in the opera house, right? So you go there, you know, there's that classic mission where you can switch out the gun, the prop gun for a real gun. There was a certain corridor. If you went down and you went in the right room, you would walk in and there was like a little jail cell. But behind the jail cell, and I'm not making this up, man, there were mice, like real mice, and they were holding giant-sized poker cards, and they were playing poker. Did you ever see that? I am absolutely devastated that I did not see that because that is amazing. I never knew that, man, all these years. This is like, what, 16 years later? I never knew that. That was something – it was well after, like I said, we moved on from the game. I want to say I had to have had that – somebody told me about it, and for years I was wanting to see it. And when I got the HD collection years ago, man, I looked it up or I followed how to do it, and sure enough, man, they're just – I want to say there's some boxing, like like they're like little mice, man. Like no, I gotta like ask you. And I I, I gotta mm-hmm. ask you, man. In this day and age, with screenshots and game clips, how could you have not shared a screenshot or a game clip of that? So that was a PS3 game, like the uh, the the HD remake. I was playing it on PS3, so I, I couldn't oh, have okay. shared a screenshot. Oh man, dude, I was about yeah. to say, come on now, come on, graveyard. <laughs> no, you know me, man. I share so much stuff. I would have definitely done that. So Hulk and Yoda, I got to ask you, out of those three games, what are your favorite uh, levels? Which ones stand out the most to you? Well, uh, considering that outside of the demo for Hitman 2 Silent Assassin, uh, I didn't actually have the pleasure of playing missions to choose from. I can't say anything from that one. Hitman Contracts, as I said, I really only played the first, I think, training mission and then maybe that first next mission. I did enjoy that one, so I guess that'll be a standout mission for me, the one in the snow and out there where the 
one guy, the target is living in that house out there in the mountains. That was pretty cool. But uh, for me, man, blood money being the amazingness that it was and really just kind of grabbing me by the throat uh, and, and, and not letting me go for all these years. It's got to be a new life was my absolute Great. favorite mission from blood money. So I got to ask you about the new life because that's that's one of my favorites in the entire series as well. Did you ever, if you can recall, did you ever take out the one security guard by going to the vet's house across the street, getting the poison or whatever it was, sneaking back into the target's house, and you poured it into the, it was the daughter's actual panties. And he would go in there and he would sniff it and it would kill him. Did you ever do that? I totally did. <laughs> I totally did. <laughs> that, 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 mission, that mission being my favorite of that, that game was, I got to say, just reminding you gamers out there, there was so many good missions in that game. We talked about A Feast for Crows. We talked about the Mississippi River, the Redneck. Like, there's just so many good missions. But that mission, man, oh, my God. You're Just to kind of give perspective, if you never played Blood Money, it's, it's set in suburbia, basically, a nice little neighborhood. There's so many different amazing options in that. Just that one mission, that, that one location, that one tight location. One being that, yes, you can poison this chick's panties. Uh, another... Uh, that I absolutely thought was hysterical. I know where you going? Know where were you going with this? Uh, Go ahead. Well, Go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, uh, we'll we'll see. It's one that I had forgotten about, but I thought of last night. It is one where there is the pool boy, and the yep. one wife is cheating on the husband with the pool boy, and they're supposed to meet up, and you can disguise yourself as the pool boy and take out the wife in the bedroom. And she just she kicks you out. She doesn't even do it. She calls you in there and then just goes to sleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. There's we could talk for a whole episode just about blood money and oh my god, man, it's just it's absolutely amazing. But I don't want to take up the whole episode with just that one mission. I got to know what is the graveyard gamer's favorite mission in those three games. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot to choose from. That Mafia House is probably not the best Hitman mission, but it's just going to stick with me as one of my favorites because of figuring it out, you know. Uh, I will say in Blood Money, if I'm not going to pick a new life, I'm going to go with Flatline, which is one where you got to kill the three people in the mental institution. Yes. If you remember that, where you can poison the guy's hidden liquor. Yep. But I'm going to tell you this one, and I'm going to pick this from Contracts because I think it's going to entice you to play Contracts. There's a, a mission called Belting for Manor, Right. Okay. You have to sneak into this old English manor. There's all kind of crazy doors, all kind of twists and turns to take out to take out your target. It's a great, great mission. But here's the best part about it: the mission in Hitman Three, where you're in the uh, was it Darthmore Manor, or, or you're in Darthmore with England. Right. It's a callback to that level. So if you nice. like that mission in Hitman Three, you will love that mission in Contracts. Absolutely fantastic. Good deal. And, thing i have to point out man i would be remiss if i didn't say this we were talking about all the cool stuff you can do in that mission in a new life on blood money this is stuff that we had to figure out like the new games gives you those mission stories and opportunities to kind of help guide you where hey you can do some cool stuff here these old school games these cool things you had to figure out on your own so y'all you younger gamers who (laughs) just don't get it that was some that was some tough stuff. Like you experimented on these levels like nothing else. And not to mention the internet, even back in 2006, was not what it is in 2021. So you couldn't just pop on the internet on day one or even week one and expect to find a complete mission by mission, story scenario by scenario walkthrough of Hitman Blood Money. Uh, these are genuinely things, unless you bought that paper strategy guide or like me and Graveyard Gamer had to do talk amongst your friends who are also playing the game. Uh, you just had to sit there and do a lot of trial and error and a lot of replays uh, to those missions. Well, we've definitely had some fun with the Hitman games. And before we move on to the next game in the series, I have to ask you, what is some of your favorite just in general playing Hitman? What is your favorite memories of this series? Because I believe both of us would say this series is in our top maybe 10 franchises in gaming oh man without a doubt the hitman franchise is in the top 10 and i'd really have to i don't i don't want to i really don't want to but i I would have to sit there (laughs) and really think long and hard about where exactly it it lands potentially if it crept into that top five but 
uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's an amazing franchise and there's so many good memories. Uh, a few that really stand out to me. Obviously, I've kind of touched uh, briefly earlier in the episode about, you know, you and I, man, specifically, and the amount of conversation and friendly competition that we had over those very early days of the 360 and over Xbox Live with those classic plasticky headsets. Um, the the oh, gamers yeah. nowadays, <laughs> uh, you guys just don't even know, uh, is all I'll say. But that's that's probably my favorite Hitman memory, to be honest with you, not to be all like, oh, but I mean, at the same time, man, yeah. it was just it was some good times there. Uh, but I got to tell you, there's another two memories that I'll just kind of touch real quick. One, the first has got to be, man, once we get into this world of assassination trilogy and we're talking about it, uh, we'll really kind of go into more detail, maybe. But it's got to be that first elusive target that I took out man, in Hitman 2016. Yes. And gamers, if you don't know exactly what I'm referencing there, that back when 2016 came out, it was released episodically and it was very much everything was focused on the online aspect of things and downloadable content. So elusive targets were this one target that you had one shot, one opportunity to take out this target. And if you didn't, if you, you fail once, that's it. There is no reload. There is no restart. That is it. And it just made it that much more intense when you were going into that. All right, man, here it is. If I don't, if I mess this up, this is it. And I absolutely loved it. It was just such a joy to look forward every month to that next new elusive target. Uh, So the elusive targets in 2016 were great. And that first one, especially, but really, man, probably right there, neck and neck with those memories that you and I shared is really, it starts with understanding how to play a hitman game. And that's just a huge, huge piece that is really required uh, to set up the whole history of the last 15 years for me in this franchise. Once you understand, like I said, the impact and importance of disguises, of utilizing your loadout and just all how everything works together, listening to stories that play out in front of you. It's just a masterful work of art, in my opinion, that IO has put together game after game, especially here recently, man. And it's just it feels good when you understand anything right when you realize like oh the light bulb went off i get it and it's just it's awesome uh when it happened to me in this franchise uh, i 100 percent agree uh figuring out how to play is probably one of my favorite memories just because that that light bulb like you said just it just clicks i i think neck and neck to that man honestly for me was replaying contracts because i had such a bad thought of it like thought it was just a boring game and very bland and going back and just i mean thoroughly thoroughly loving it if you'd have asked me a couple weeks ago my favorite hitman game i probably would have said contracts and i never would have thought that and i mean one of my favorite memories of that is there's this level these levels are so awesome but there's one where you have to try to get one triad member to you frame him for killing another triad member and the way you do it i don't want to say too much for people that haven't played it i you know like i said i'm gonna keep pushing you to play it because it is just so amazing when you figure out how you can make this happen. I, it just made me go, wow, like how in the world did I not play it? And one other thing I want to say, and I want to recommend this to people. If you have it, you can get it on mobile. I believe you can get it on Xbox. You can get it on PS4, but not PS5, unfortunately. It's one of those seven games. And that's Hitman Go. Hitman Go is like, there's a Tomb Raider Go as well, but it's a, it's like playing chess, but with Hitman. And it is absolutely fantastic so if you haven't got to play that i highly recommend it because i had it on my uh when i had a uh, an apple phone and i'll have to be honest with you, an iphone let me not sound dumb there but i had an iphone and i loved it man i hated getting rid of that phone because i lost hitman go so i highly recommend that for people to try out any questions but that brings us to what i would consider the black sheep of the hitman games absolution and right out the gate man What are your first thoughts when you think back of Absolution? That save glitch, man. It's not even a contest. Uh, I was sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting to answer. Absolutely an Absolution is that save glitch. And if I'm not mistaken, we both got it. And we both got it around. We were well into the game, probably two-thirds of the way through the game. And we got it very close to each other, too, man. Do you want to tell people what that save glitch was? Yes. Uh, so the bottom line is you are correct. Uh, we were, I, I feel like, even further than two-thirds into the game. For me, I'm not 100% sure with you, but I know for me it was the 
mission where you have the different underground uh, tunnels and different things that you go through. Like, you know, you go out to the desert and you enter it from the outside from above ground, but then you're going through and going through all these areas. That's where it happened. For me. Yes. So basically that's exactly what happened. To me. Well, well, there you go. And the crazy thing gamers is him and I were both playing on different consoles. I was playing on 360. He was playing on PS3. And we both had the exact same glitch, the exact same location and scene. So the bottom line is, if my memory serves me correctly, uh, it would get to a certain point and you, the autosave being what it was, it would become corrupted. Is that not correct? Yeah, I think it would be something like you would exit out of the game or you would load into the game. It was something to do with loading, but it would start autosaving and just erase everything. Yes. And so therefore, the entire progress up to that point is basically null and void. So all that hard work and gamers, if you played Hitman Absolution, there's some tough spots in that game, especially on your initial playthrough. Uh, and, and especially if you're a Hitman veteran going into this game, you're expecting a certain type of gameplay. You get what Absolution gave us. And so you're already kind of caught off guard and it makes it a little bit different as far as your approach to the gameplay. And to find out that I'm right there very close to the end of the game. woohoo! And wait, what? You mean I got to, oh my God, it's like I didn't even play the game now. I got to start all over. Now, the positive is that once you do start over, as is the case in any game or anything, going back through that second time, it takes you, you know, half as long to get back to where you were, but it's still, it's like, oh my God, like the worst thing in a gamer, in my opinion, is to have a corrupted save file. And that was, oh. Oh, yeah. Well, that and this game also introduced the challenges you like we have in the current Hitman game. Love them. So, and yeah, they're absolutely great. I know I was going for the game. I know you were probably going for a thousand as well. So we're playing on hard to put that in perspective. And you're trying to get, I think it's a hundred or 50, something like that challenges knocked out. The only benefit to the save is I made sure that I just, <laughs> when I was replaying those levels, I was getting every challenge I could because it was just, Oh, my word. Like, it was such a deflating experience to go, I've got to replay this whole game again. Well, you know what the worst part about it was is I, I'm I'm an idiot because if you remember, the same glitch happened to you before it happened to me, but it was very close to when it happened to me. But in the interim, you would recommend it to me. Yo, man, I would recommend copying a save to a flash drive or some kind of external device just in case this happens to you. Oh, no, nah, man. I'm, all right. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. But uh, a week later... What happens? So, ah, uh, yep. shame on me. And for the longest time, I did that with every game after Absolution, man. Once a week, I'd hook a flash drive up to make sure I had the latest uh, the latest saves backed up. Right. And just real, to throw this in there, what you had mentioned about the challenges being added into Absolution, another big thing that stands out to me about Absolution is what I referenced just a few seconds ago, the approach to level design and story being extremely unique to just this entry. It was different than any other Hitman game before or after. Would you not agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was the emphasis was more on the story. It was on telling a story. So that changed that changed and took away so many of the things that we love about Hitman. Like there was there was no loadout. So gamers, when you would start this game up, I don't think any maybe the first level but after that, you didn't get to pick what weapons you took with you. Hitman or Agent 47, he was on the run. So you just kind of started a level and, you know, went to the next one. Well, are there any and other top of that, major thoughts of Absolution that kind of really stand out to you, man? Yeah, absolutely. The biggest thing is, one, it kind of went away from the lore of the series. I'm not saying I was a huge into the lore, but this was the first one that kind of the talk of clones and a lot of that stuff kind of got abandoned, right? I mean – the Victoria, the girl that you're rescuing, she is part of that program, but it kind of becomes its own thing. But the one thing that has to be said about Hitman Absolution that I think is a major, major plus is they updated the controls. And this game controlled like an absolute dream because you go back to Blood Money, it's a huge night and day difference, the controls. So this game deserves merit just on how well it controlled, how good looking it looked at the time. And yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. It was my first ever platinum on the PlayStation, so it it's got a special place in my heart. Yeah, definitely uh, can appreciate what Absolution brought to the table, and even so, it was very divisive among fans. I still I, I look back on it, man. That opening mission 
when your target is none other than Diana. Mm. Yep. That, that was, well, let me ask you this. Did you have a favorite mission in that game? Did I have favorite mission and absolution? So I did, man. So there was a mission that was called Shaving Lenny, and it involved uh, basically this, this group of bad people, really. They were having a cookout at their house, and it was just brilliantly designed. There's different targets that you have to take out, and it was somewhat near the barber shop uh, as well. So you could leave the house, go in and around the house, and there was different kill opportunities. Like obviously, you know, it's a barbecue, so you can set the grill up to explode. Uh, there was also an option where you could actually put the whole room of guards asleep if you actually put the sleeping pills in with the pizza that they were eating from. That was yeah. awesome. Uh, it was just a really cool design level and something that I really look back on fondly, uh, the different kill types and opportunities and the level design, man. How about you? What was your favorite yeah. absolution mission? Or did you remember that mission? You liked that mission? I did. I thought that was a really cool Because if I'm not mistaken, you actually got to it, like go into a bank or the, the police department, something, just a lot of cool exploring. But for me, the one that I think it was because it was very classic Hitman, probably the only mission in that game that was classic Hitman. And that's the King of Chinatown. I think it was the second mission. Uh, and you just you had to take this one guy out. But it was in a crowded area. There were so many different options. You could snipe him. You could uh, make him trip and fall into the sewer and die. Like there were just so many different ways. But again, it felt like classic Hitman. There were just so many options uh, compared to kind of how we would get, you know, the rest of the missions in the game. Your future is death. Well, moving from that, I got to ask you, we're getting ready to get into the world of assassination trilogies. One of the things that we've kind of mentioned earlier where how now they incorporate these mission stories where they kind of give you a hint like, hey, if you follow this along, there's usually going to be some kind of cool, awesome, creative kill to take out your target. But with that being said, how do you approach these these missions in this trilogy that we have now, the world of assassinations? How do you approach the your general, hey, I'm starting the mission. I'm going to go explore. How do you handle the stories? How do you approach the mission? So for me and these newer uh, titles, it's very much about exploration first. I love getting the lay of the land, so to speak, and just kind of exploring that map. Uh, if you bring up your map in the end game menu, it actually highlights for you undiscovered locations. So I'm very big on trying to find not necessarily all of them every time, but I like to kind of seek out and see what those locations are what possible story opportunities may pop up in those locations and just in general exploring the map getting comfortable with it so i can kind of know where certain people are where certain items are and just i like to really build up my inventory man because i and these games like to be prepared at any moment in time for any scenario i don't kind of like what you said with the lockpick i don't like to be at a point where oh man i could actually you know make this thing come loose but I need a wrench or I could break into here. I don't have a lockpick or a crowbar. So I like to kind of explore and get all those things narrowed down and kind of through that process, story opportunities present themselves. And at that point I am able to kind of pick and choose which story opportunity I like the sound of the best. And then I kind of follow that through to take out my targets and ultimately exit the mission. You know, for me, I got to say I'm, very similar. I think you do a lot more exploration out the out the gate. I like to just kind of look around, see what's going on, kind of get a feel for the level. And then a lot of times I'll pick a story, whatever sounds interesting, whatever's popped up, and I'll follow it around on my first time. If there's more than one or two targets, I'll follow, you know, all the stories to take them out. Because the next couple of times, I'm going to try to experiment and I'm going to try to just cause chaos. I might have found a funky room with some crazy torture stuff. I'm going to see how I can get somebody in there. So that's kind of how I do it. A nice little mix of, of everything, that first initial play of a level. So Hulking Yoda, I got to ask you, we're in the world of Assassination Trilogy. It just wrapped up. Could be the last time we see Hitman for a long time. Please don't what say What did that. you think? I know. I know. It's heartbreaking. What did you think about this trilogy we just got done playing? Well, I got to tell you, man, it was amazing is the first word that comes to mind and there are a ton of positive adjectives that i could use to describe the whole package right uh, i mean you know it started out i was very worried and nervous because they you know io announced it was going to be released episodically in 2016 that is 
And, you know, at the end of the day, man, I ended up loving that episodic release structure. Uh, you know, it, it, I it, did too. Yeah, it, it drove me to want to do that level mastery uh, in each and every single uh, episode that released. I wanted to do every single story and uh, every challenge. And it was a lot of fun, to be honest with you, over the course of the year of 2016. We also had a lot of really cool DLC bonus missions and things like that. I mean, 2016 was a great year, in my opinion, to be a Hitman fan. I felt like, yo, Hitman is back after we had Absolution and they kind of made a detour. This is where I want Hitman to be. And, you know, like I've already mentioned, the elusive targets, that was an amazing, I thought, really cool concept that they executed, in my opinion, really well. And it really just it had me coming back every month with an uh, extremely huge bag of nerves. Um and at the end of the day, it was just an, an amazing way to kick off this trilogy. Now, I will say Hitman 2, when it first initially came out in 2018, I missed the boat on that one. Kind of slipped on it for the last couple of years. But I was not going to allow that to happen with Hitman 3. So when it just recently came out, I had to jump on it. It was amazing. Uh, some of the absolute best shits in all of Hitman and the entire franchise Love the story and the way I kind of concluded out the trilogy. But because I loved it so much and because I was missing the middle chapter, I already owned Hitman 2, just had never played it. I was like, you know, I got to go right into Hitman 2 and see what this game's all about. And I just want to keep playing more Hitman. So I immediately went into Hitman 2. And I got to tell you, that game really surprised me. It may not have had the you know, fluidity of the active cutscenes, it was more static scenes in between the missions. But the story that was told on those scenes and just in general, the missions themselves were arguably my favorite of the whole trilogy. And I thought as a whole package, I know just, I mean, I don't think you could get any better than what we were given. What were your thoughts, man? World of Assassination. Well, I got to tell you, right out of the gate, I remember being extremely, uh, I want to say disgruntled, but like, dude, how is this going to be episodic? That's not cool. Like, give me my full game. And I remember eating crow. Like, I remember by the third, you know, you know, the third episode coming out going, dude, this is, this is fantastic. Because like you said, it made you play each level more and more. I probably played those levels more than I've played any other Hitman level. But the best part about it is, is getting that level mastery and completing those challenges. They were so fun, man. They were so awesome. Yeah. It was a great string of missions. I mean, and, you know, the thing about it is, is I feel like as a whole, the entire, you know, Hitman 2016, 2, and 3, I think they finally nailed how to incorporate a story into that kind of gameplay style because in Absolution, it caused it to go from these sandbox-type missions to very linear in a way, whereas here, they learned, hey, we can tell the story through dialogue in-game. We can tell it through clues. We can tell it in cutscenes before and after. We can make a coherent story because if you go back from Hitman 2016 to the end of Hitman 3, they tell a story, and you don't even think in the Hitman 2016 you're getting that much of a story, but there's all kind of seeds planted. You get into Hitman 2, those things blossom, and then Hitman 3 is trying to reap the benefits because it is some awesome stuff. Uh, I have to say, the stat tracking, the leaderboards, I know you've mentioned that. That, that was absolutely fantastic. Uh, and, you know, I have to think, man, I talked about – Belting Ford Manor in Hitman Contracts. I absolutely love that they incorporate that. To me, that was like a love letter to the to the fans. Like, hey, how do you like this, guys? It's not the same thing, but we're going to be very reminiscent of it. Uh, they also did it with Hitman A New Life. Uh, in Hitman Blood Money, excuse me, they had A New Life. Well, in this game, we got that same deal. You're in the suburbia, and you know that is my favorite Hitman level. I absolutely love that level. I thought it was Another so life. much fun. So, you know, it was it was kind of copying another life and it just man, I mean, as a longtime fan, it just makes you feel good because it feels like, dude, we're not going to probably get let's be real. We're not going to get remakes of the original trilogy. So for them to kind of incorporate it, but give us in this new style, I thought that was a ton of fun. But here's yeah, my definitely. question. I got to this Hitman Absolution 47 okay. cuts the code off the back of his head, right? Anywhere for the majority of that that game, why does he still have a barcode in Hitman 2016, Hitman 2, and Hitman 3? Well, my answer to that would be that, in my opinion, I feel like IO was pressured by the big corporate company. Uh, we won't name any names here, 
but uh, to to make things more appealing and more mass, uh, you know, draw in the masses, make it easier, make it more accessible. And I think that, in, you know, IO's opinion and a lot of Hitman fans' opinions, that's kind of a blemish on their work. And so maybe they try to just push that off to the side and let's forget about Absolution a little bit. But on top of that, man, at the end of the day, how do you take Agent 47's barcode? Like, that's part of his character. You can't take the barcode from Agent 47. Like, how does that happen? Absolutely. How does that make sense? So I, just, I don't know. I feel like it was IO pretty much saying, like, nah, dude. Screw you guys. We're keeping the barcode. We're going to act like this was a distant memory and move on, move forward. How about you? What no, do you I thought? agree. I, you know, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. That was, you know, the other company kind of saying, hey, we want this to be mainstream. We want a little bit more action. You can do stealth, uh, but you got to change the look. We got this got to be fresh. And I think when IO went on their own, they're like, we're making 47 like we see 47. But let me ask you this question, man. We got three great games. I think you would agree. They're all fantastic out of this world trilogy. What were your favorite missions in those games? Oh, man. Well, starting with 2016, Hitman, uh, it was really not a hard decision for me to come up with this. It was Sapienza, which was, if I'm not mistaken, episode two. And it was was for a lot of reasons, man. Uh, Initially, a lie, initially, it was visually is what drew me in because it's just absolutely beautiful, gorgeous, graphical powerhouse of a map that is this tropical island setting, and it just looks great. And then you look at the depth of the map itself, and it's not just on the surface, an island that you kind of walk around and do stuff. No, 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 no. There's actually a, very ironically here, considering IO's next project, uh, there's a very James Bond villain-esque underground laboratory kind of hidden area that's going you know, all these different experiments going on and it was kind of set up like that too that was really awesome and then there's a third piece to this map that involves a mansion the mansion grounds and just all the amazingness that you could do in this mission man there was just so many fun things to do it was visually arresting and i just could not get enough of it and it, well, that was one of the episodes i really appreciated the episodic nature that i could just lose myself for 20 hours under that one map so that was Hitman 2016 for me, man. Sapienza. Um, when you go to Hitman 2, I got to tell you, again, that game really surprised me how much I absolutely loved it and how awesome the missions were. But for me, if I had to choose one, one that really, really just, again, grabbed me by the throat with some fiber wire, it had to be the Mumbai mission. And the Mumbai mission... It was just amazing to me. And maybe listeners, some of you might be like, huh? But there is an opportunity, a story opportunity in that mission to where technically your two targets that you go in there to take out, you don't have to touch them at all and take them out as 47. You can actually follow a different assassin and help him with him not even knowing that you're helping him set up these targets to get killed by him via sniper rifle. And just as you go through, it was just an amazing experience. The, the map of Mumbai, again, multi-layered. You have these high-rise buildings. You have the slums area. You have an underground uh, hidden area, base of operations for the, uh, the Crows. It was the gang that was kind of running this area. Amazing things going on there, man. It hit me too in that Mumbai mission. Absolutely loved it. And then when we round out the trilogy and come all the way full circle to Hitman 3, for me, no contest, even as amazing as some of the surrounding missions were, it is that Dartmoor. Uh, location manner mission that you were referencing earlier and for me it's, it's all about again the visually arresting map itself of the mansion the visuals were amazing they drew me in it was something spooky and creepy about this old mansion that was just awesome it's a murder mystery if you approach it from the standpoint of 47 as this investigative pi and he's here to solve this murder finding the clues and talking to the suspects and just going through all the motions of doing these things and exploring the grounds of the manor and finding hidden passageways. It was so amazing and such an awesome time and a lot of fun. And it was really no question for me that is the ideal mission or my favorite mission in Hitman 3. So that's my word of assassination top three missions, man. What what does the Graveyard Gamer have for us? Uh, Extremely similar to yours. So 2016 Sapienza, which... Uh, you said it there. They got that Bond-like level. I would almost imagine when IO was trying to pitch the rights to get uh, or pitch to get the rights to make a James Bond game, rather, I would almost imagine they're like, hey, have you played Sapienza? 
because from the look <laughs> of your default outfit, it looks just very, very Daniel Craig, James Bond ish. So yep. I, I love that mission. I mean, that mission was so great. Uh, for Hitman 2, I've told you, I, I just mentioned it, Another Life, my favorite Hitman level by far. I loved it, loved all the opportunities in there. And for number three, I'm with you, man, that manner. It was just so unique to Hitman. Plus, I love that they have these bigger levels, but sometimes when they have the smaller ones, like Another Life in this manner, it's they're smaller, they're tight, but they use that space so well. With so many secrets, so many things to find, so many opportunities that I just sat there playing it going, dude, this is, this is so much fun. This level is built for experimentation and replaying. But we got to talk about this, man. I think I know the answer to this question. I'm going to ask you, do you think the series should go on? So more importantly, I know you're going to say yes. Should it keep the same approach that the World of Assassination trilogy did, or do you think they should shake things up, try something new? Uh, it's so hard to answer that question, man, because I have loved so much what they did with this trilogy. But with that being said, my thing is this, man. I am always down for change, if it's good change, right? Like, I'm willing to try out something new. And I feel like if they didn't change uh, and, and kind of readjust certain outlooks and approaches to certain gameplay aspects of the franchise, we wouldn't have gotten World of Assassination Trilogy. So, I honestly, man, I'm going to put it out there and say, you know what, IO, when you come back to Hitman at Agent 47, try to reinvent it again, man, because you guys did such a great job with it and perfecting it with this trilogy. Come back with a new trilogy after you've taken James Bond on his journey and, and let's see something uh, new again. Yeah. So I would like, so they have these bigger areas, right? I would, I'd be cool if they're only going to give us six missions or so. They make a massive, I mean, you look at Miami, Miami mission, that is a massive mission, right? It's just a huge right. playground. I would like them to see things that they kind of done for DLC with two and uh, even Hitman one. Let us go back several times in a game to more targets, right? Not connected. I don't want to be able to do these at the same time. Like, you know, use that space wiser instead of having to run through the whole map each time. It'd be kind of cool if a couple of them for this mission were in one area. Another one is in this one. And then maybe you have one giant kingpin that you can go to all over the course of three different missions. So it's it's getting more use out of that particular level. I think that would be really cool. I think story-wise, I think they could make it a little bit more personal. And maybe now 47 is going after some of the previous clones. Uh, from the you know the original lore of the series and kind of go back into that lore because that lore is really exciting but i think it's right. been forgotten so it'd be kind of cool to to see that kind of play out if i'm being honest and this is just my last wish for io when you come back or if you want to make it dlc for three i would love this if you get to mission mastery or level mastery like 10 i think it would be awesome if you would unlock at that point a, a costume a disguise if you will that just like the manor level where if you put the detective outfit on, nobody stops you, nobody looks at you. I think that would be a really cool reward for these levels because if you're already at level 10, you've done a ton of stuff in it. You're just kind of mopping things up. It'd be cool to, to unlock that, to earn that, so that you kind of earn your freedom to just explore and find all kind of cool stuff. But you know what? My last thing I would recommend, if they keep it the same that we've got here, I don't care if it's DLC or if it's just one game or one level in each game. I would love to see them start looking at classic levels from the original trilogy and start remaking them. You can refit it to fit the story. You can do whatever. Maybe maybe it's a DLC and it's a memory. But, man, can you imagine playing Murder of the Crows from Blood Money but on a PS5 or an Xbox One system and the, the graphics and the power that they could do to really make those things stand out? I mean, I would honestly, I'm not usually huge on remasters, but if, if it's something I've already played, but if we do hypothetically, man, if they surprise us with like a, a blood money remake on current gen hardware, meaning PS5 and Series X, woo, you best from the ground up. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. A remake, completely, mm -hmm. a complete remake, not a remaster, but a remake. Uh, I would be all over it. All. All those missions that we referenced earlier, man, they will be amazing on current-gen hardware. All right, so we got to wrap this up, but I got to ask you a question, man. You know what's coming. No. Yoda, what is your favorite game 
out of all of these games we talked about. Seven games. What's your favorite one? Well, when it comes down to the whole package, man, I, I look at the story visually, the maps, what they did to me while I was playing it, the consistency of the maps and one, you know, uh, isolated experience. I got to go with probably a controversial answer and say Hitman 2. Not you talking Hitman 2. Hitman 2 2018. That's not a bad pick, man. For me, I'm going to go one up on you. I'm going to say Hitman 3. And that is because I felt the story was awesome. And I didn't look at Hitman 3 and go, ah, that level kind of disappointed me. I loved every single one. I mean, they all hit me right in the feels, man. Absolutely loved it. I, I would not. Hey, man, two, three for me, either or, man, toss up right there. They're, they're both amazing. Outstanding. All right, gamers. So that was our look and our journey through the Hitman franchise. I hope you've enjoyed your time spending it with myself, Paul Yoda from Lost and Sea Gaming and Graveyard Gamer from The Graveyard Gamer. And what did you guys think? were some of the best memories you've had and some of the best experiences in the Hitman franchise. Let us know on our respective social media sites, our websites. We would love to hear your feedback and continue this amazing journey that has been the Hitman franchise. Now leave before you kill us both. That'll do it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed your time aboard the SS Gamer. You can join its crew by searching for Hulking Yoda on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network. Reach out to me via email at lostatseagaming365 at gmail.com or find me on social media on Instagram at lostatseagaming as well as on Twitter at lostatseagamin, the number one. Thank you for listening, and until the sea says otherwise, we'll keep sailing.